wake-up call, you're in the right friggin' place. Welcome to the Ed Milet Show. Welcome back to Max Out with Ed Milet. Very excited to bring you this gentleman to my left here today. He is a wonderful husband, father, and friend. He also happens to be probably the most successful personal trainer in the world. And but I'm not a good businessman. That's the part you, you omitted you from keep, that. You when you paraphrase me, <laughs> he's a wonderful one. I didn't walk in saying wonderful that. I say I'm not a good businessman, but then I counter that with what I'm good at, but husband, friend, father. You are. You are good at that, and I think you're good at more than that. And I think you've built an unbelievable business. He doesn't give himself enough credit because I think it's because of who you compare yourself to also a Years little bit. Years ago, I had a great... Uh, arguably greatest football player of all time, I'll leave that out yeah. so you guys can all figure that out, right. uh, who said, it's always better when somebody says it about you. It's true. Right? You, right. you walk around saying it about yourself, you kind of look like a goof. A fact. And so I'll look like the goof and say it about you. So No, no, you don't look like a goof. I look like a goof <laughs> if I say it. All right. So we both look goofy. I, uh, you know, I, I think you all probably know a lot about Gunner. There was a lot of kind of anticipation about the show here today. And I don't want to go down this direction, so I just want to get this out of the way in the beginning. If you don't know, Gunner trains some of the most successful business people that walk the earth, some of the most successful entertainers and athletes, anyone from J-Lo to the Kardashians to Sampras to NBA players. But I'm and, also in the right zip code, in fairness. I'm in yeah. the right space for that. Yeah. I get people reach out at trainers. I want to do what you do. I, want to, I, I live in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Right. I live in Scotland. I'm like, nothing. those are great, wonderful places. Right. but. The demographic of the potential clientele true. is just not there That's to do true. what I do. Yes, but so he's going to do this the whole interview, just so you know. The whole interview, he's going to ah shucks it and not give himself any credit. And I will force him to tell you some of the things he's great at. <laughs> Humility is a lost art. It is, and I and I and I appreciate it and respect <laughs> it. But there are other trainers in your zip code who have not become as prolific and as successful as I you have. I have way better parking than they do. You have better parking. How am I doing? So that's the Look, key. The duck, you, you, Perry, you, duck. You, you personal trainers that are watching this that wanted all the keys, evidently it comes down to just parking. They also just got a great new gig. You're the strength and, is it the strength and conditioning coach for the Lakers? What a wonderful, exciting job. Being a life, you're a Laker fan too, aren't you? Oh, of course I'm a basketball fan. It's hard, you know. I'm a fan of the sport, right. of the sport that I cannot play, and that's not right. humility. That's been that, I believe that one. That's <laughs> that one I believe. That one I believe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, yep. Uh, head strength and conditioning coach for the LA Lakers, which that's is fun. it's uh, it's an ironic twist. I, I wanted that job back in the late '90s, and yeah. and it wasn't there. And I went on and did other stuff, and then things come full circle, and I was asked, and it was a perfect fit. We have a young team, a great team. Um, a lot of young potential, and yeah. I love working with that. Congratulations, man. We'll talk a little bit about that as we go. I want to go back and talk about you a little bit, too, because I always fascinated how someone ends up in a chosen career. So I'm reading about you. You Were in, Were you really an overweight kid? Is that I, true? I was in Weight Watchers when I was 10 years old. I was I was a you, fat kid. You Literally, were in Weight Watchers? Yeah, I was a fat kid, like full boobs, the whole thing. And uh, <laughs> I used to complain to my mom about it, you know, probably while eating. Uh, yeah. something I shouldn't have been and my mom said one day do you want to keep complaining or do you want to do something about it and I go well I want to do something about it as soon as I finish these cookies and <laughs> so she said we were in Houston Texas I was 10 years old and she took me to Weight Watchers I still have the car I should have brought you that's pretty funny wow uh, and she took me to meetings which I don't know that I, it would be the recommended course of action especially in today's overly PC world but it, it um, it was important it was a it was a nice jump off for me because I saw other people who were way heavier than I was okay. and um, are there a lot of 10 year olds in Weight Watchers yeah there are none yeah there are actually. none you were and, in. and there were there were a, a lot less than none in the 70s mm. so uh, <laughs> I was there and, and it was just it was information right so I'm getting yeah. information and then uh, as my mom packed my lunches the lunches became different right mm. the tuna fish didn't have mustard it didn't have mayonnaise in it it had mustard yeah um, I didn't have a Coke, I had a Fresca. And I know these aren't all perfect health choices, but yep. when you're looking at a 10-year-old who's, uh, at the end of the day, taking in too many calories, yep. those are at least certain places you can make changes. Yeah. And I started dropping weight, and then I started cheating, and you know, the whole thing. So. But is that what sort of set the course for like your, I don't know, your proclivity or your interest in fitness and no I got interested in fitness I mean I think didn't we all get interested in this age range because of like Arnold and stuff because of Arnold yeah Arnold and and you know it's it's not unlike um bigger faster stronger Chris Bell's movie you know you yeah. look up to those guys on the big screen that are yeah you're like that's cool I want to be that guy hmm. I think as a, as a boy that you look at that as men and and you want to lift weights and you want to be big and strong and hmm. I mean 
heroes, right? Yeah. What's fascinating about it for me, though, is like, I often meet people who came from a dramatic, like, people ask me to coach them on self-confidence sometimes, right? And I'm like, one of the reasons I'm pretty good at that is because I was so insecure as a kid, so bad at it, I had to find like these tools and resources to actually just get to a baseline of confidence. I think it's didn't interesting. You, didn't you just use sarcasm and wit? That's yeah, what I did. Yeah, so, I did a lot. Yeah. And you use that when you train people, which I want to talk about too. Like levity is a big deal when you're training somebody, I think. We'll, we'll visit about that too. But but I just think it's interesting like that you started with that. Now, then you end up going to Duke, which we won't completely hold against you. But did you? Oh, you must not have gotten in. Did you? I did not get in. <laughs> yeah. They didn't take you Red what, flag. What was weird was I thought with a 760 SAT and a 2.8 GPA, they would die to have me. But they oh, don't have a lot on. of those. Both sides of the SAT? That's, co that's the that combined was the, score? That was the combined, 760. Ooh. Well, look, yeah. SATs do not make the math. <laughs> Evidently, <laughs> right? Yeah, so I was I didn't even apply, to be honest with you. So you go to Duke. This is about you, not my educational and intellectual deficiencies. Don't worry, but I'll help you build up your confidence I about need not getting it. Build me up, please. So what did you study at Duke? Oh, that's a great question. Um, it wasn't exercise science. It I was wasn't? a French no French and Spanish. Look, we grew, I grew up overseas. French we, and Spanish? Hold the phone. Okay. We left Texas. <laughs> my father moved to uh, the Middle East during the boom years. I working for a Saudi Arabian businessman, and we were put in a boarding school in Switzerland, wow. and came out of there and went to Duke. But so you're a product of your environment, right? People say, "Oh, you speak languages," but we lived there. Mm -hmm. I had to speak the languages in order to uh, understand what was going on in the classroom, in order to 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 get lunch, in order to um, mm. ask a girl on a you know yeah. on a date. You you had to have the language. So you learned the languages. You taught the language in school every day in boarding school we had two hours of French to start the day huh. so you're gonna pick it up and mm. then you leave it's not like you leave and it's just done you leave and you have to use it on the bus and you have to use it in school and mm. so the language is a product of your environment um, and there are a lot of people out there that speak a lot of languages so let's how do you speak English French and Spanish and do you Great. think do you think that experience helps you and even training, like just the, the, the language piece or being able to relate to different types of people so the exposure to the different cultures, the different types of people, um, the different socioeconomic backgrounds, uh, as well as the languages, because all Latin-based, and you just mm. there's certain words you pick up that you go, oh, I know what that means, or I can understand what part of the language that word fits in. So language is a key to me. For the kids, travel is a key. Yeah. Languages are key, yeah. and I think they're two of the best forms of education. Nothing against sciences and math and, and all that's very important as well but to me of uh, becoming a well-rounded person yeah and and being respectful of other cultures and, and understanding that America's a great country phenomenal country there are other countries that do certain things well let's not just discount them because they're not American yeah that's you know so but true. I'm, I have more American flags in my home yeah. than than most people right uh, we're very pro-american but at the same time very respectful of other countries and other cultures and, and I think you know there's more harmony that way. I love that. So so fat boy growing up a little bit, right? Overweight, weight watchers. Overweight like when it was shirts and skins going down the line. <laughs> I would count that out and go, oh, shit, I am going in front of you. Yeah, that's just, <laughs> we're not doing that. And at the beach. That's a great visual. And at the beach, like right now, I started sweating when I got here. At the beach, I go, I would wear a T-shirt because mm -hmm. I was fat. Wow. And because I'm fair, mm -hmm. I could just say, well, I don't want to get sunburned. Right. I think that it's, that's funny, yet there are a lot of people who are watching this right now who relate to that or have children who relate to that. And so, oh, I'm not saying I handled it the right way. Yeah, maybe I should have owned it. And today it might be like, yeah, and what? Yeah, but it affected you for sure, right? And, 100%. I, and I, you know, there's no question that an impact on you. You've scaled your business, but you've also built one heck of a brand. Like you are a brand. When I, when people knew, people in the fitness business, especially, if I say your name, they know you. Talk. Let's talk a little bit. Let's go to the fitness stuff a little bit for a second, then we'll talk business. So, part of you, one of the things when you're training people, I'm curious. Some of them are very, not everybody that you meet is a celebrity or that you train is a, is a, is a um, necessarily a famous person, but most of them are pretty successful people. What have you learned from them? Oh, so that's the whole, that's the funny part that, that's the part that people don't get. Mm. Talk less, listen more, right? You're, there's so much you can glean from those people that have different jobs that cross over in, in different fields. If someone's in, pick my zip code, it's easy, right? 90210. You might have someone who does movies, T 
TV, they have a, a, a music branch, or they have uh, another product line, mm. and you just go, shit, if that guy can do this, I can do that. Yeah. And that's also why when, when some people said, how are you gonna take that Laker job? How could I not take that? First of all, I sat with my wife and kids, right, note to self, uh, and I said, should I do it? We'll, we'll lose th this much money in the beginning because it's not like it's a high paying gig, mm. but so there will be a financial loss at the outset. Mm. But here's what I see. Tell me what you think. And hands down around our family table, it was take it, take it, take it. Mm. And then it was, how are you gonna do it? Yeah. How can you manage your time? You can't just, you know, I have, I have hard costs every month with my, my mm. gym and, and there's certain things that you, and your kids and your life and you, if you're gonna say no to XYZ finance, you better have a way to shore that up, right? Mm. So how are you gonna do it? I said, it's gonna come down to time management. Mm. Mm. How, uh, if, if, if Dwayne Johnson, Khloe Kardashian, Ryan Seacrest, LL Cool J, and Jennifer Lopez, and so many others can have multiple jobs, can I? Mm. And I'm not by any means saying I'm who they are, mm -hmm. but if I'm, able mind, able body, and I can map it out, and I have a decent support team, meaning wife and kids, really, and my brother and my parents, and I have people who say, you can do it, you can do it. If I take the time to sit and map out, okay, I'll wake up at this time, I'll train at this time, I'll be at my gym at this time, I'll be with the Lakers at this time, I'll be back at this time, family time at this, and I have a structure, because to me, without structure, there's nothing. I had this conversation with my wife yesterday, so without structure, we lose it, mm. and then we're losing the one thing we can't replace, which is time. And so seeing these people, it's interesting, there's a lot of lessons right there. Like one, talk about it with your family. Not every entrepreneur tells you to do that, right? And I'm not saying every entrepreneur should, mm -hmm. but I know I should. It's your formula. And, and yeah, and I know that when I come in at night, or if I'm, you know, I go to all my kids' games. So mm. if I'm not gonna be at your game, yeah. there has to be a reason, and I don't want the kid, my son or my daughter to look at me and go, you're not my game? Yeah. I want to be able to say, remember, sweetheart, I took that job and I'm going to be at the Utah game mm. that day, so I won't be able to make it, but I'll be at the next one. I want to have answers and I want them to understand that they all were in on this. What a wonderful they should, lesson. They shouldn't be victims of my choices, wow. right? What a, what a wonderful example. The second thing you said that is something that people that are already successful have a hard time doing. It's easy to take steps back when you're at the, you know, really already struggling. But when you've already reached a certain level, do you have the guts and the vision, is the word you use, to maybe take a step back financially to propel yourself further into the future? That's a huge lesson for business people, man. That Because it, there becomes a level where people go, okay, now I'm comfortable. They become more risk averse as they do that. I think so. And I think in becoming risk averse, not that you need to take unnecessary risk, but I think in becoming that, you might start to play it safe. Let me give it yeah. top of my head. Uh, I go to a lot of basketball games, even yeah. before this gig, I went to a lot of basketball games. And I would say this to whoever was with me, something happens, you'll, you'll notice it in sports, a team builds up a lead, yeah. and then they start changing how they play because mm -hmm. they start playing safe, they start playing, and obviously defense wins championships, mm -hmm. we all know this, but they start playing not to lose versus mm -hmm. playing to win, mm -hmm. and you end up you're, you've changed yes. your game plan. Your game plan was serving you. And I'm not all for running up the score, but if I'm a coach and we practice this play and this play is supposed to get us a touchdown every time or a fast break basket every time, and I can keep executing that, mm. why wouldn't I execute that during a game just mm. like it? And if that, if that means the score is 100 to 20, then that's mm. what that means. Mm. That's, that's And hopefully the coach of the other team can find a way to take a positive and give a lesson to his team on how they just got spanked love, like that. I love that. And I tell you, I think it's also like a pathway to being happier. The amount of kind of uncertainty you can deal with at any given time is actually connected to how happy you are. Like some of the happiest times in people's lives, if they look back on them, they were the most uncertain. Like it's when you were cramming for finals at Duke or yeah, and you had a job and you had to do this. And so you should chase uncertainty. I think, I think not taking unnecessary risks is absolutely right. But I see so many people get to a pretty good place or even a great place and then they do start playing not to lose they start defense wins championships but playing defensively always is a formula to lose and there's a difference there's a subtle yeah. difference yeah. between those two i love that's such great feedback for being in a world that has so much stuff on it that you and i both know that world how much of a family man you are and how grounded you are and i think it's important that more and more entrepreneurs see family men succeeding because there's images and messages that you know you can't have a great family i mean 
his wife and little boy are down playing on the beach right now, right? We're actually going to go up to the playground in your neighborhood right. and, right. you know, putting it right back on you. You yeah. said, have them come down. And I said, right. no, no, they don't want to intrude. You said, have them come down. There's no one here. We would love so, that. So, yeah. yeah. But I wouldn't have done the trip down here. She said, uh, let's make it a day. I said, let's do it. So you packed a little guy up. It's, it worked out perfectly. And Zane's like your twin, by the way. I was reading that. Like, for example, Kim Kardashian, she'll drive an hour one way to come train with you. So clearly it wasn't the zip code necessarily, right? But when they approach their workouts, do you see something different? Like, I have this theory that people that, that are that kind of that 1% thing, I don't know, do they attack differently? Do they approach a training session different? What do you notice with, uh, whether it's a successful CEO or an entertainer or someone like that, actually training them? Is there anything you notice with them that's different? Yeah, the, the, what I see almost across the board in the successful people who've come there to work out is the single-minded focus the focus and that doesn't mean that there's like hyper intensity max weights let's go let's go but there's we're definitely getting through something start to finish they, they get their own time mm -hmm. they leave when it's over they have somewhere to go after so it's a piece of their day yeah. right and they're not going to be denied mm -hmm. they rarely cancel this is funny i keep um I use a, a program to log all my workouts, right? Mm -hmm. um, two programs. One to log the workouts themselves, so mm -hmm. I know what anybody, you know, God forbid anybody says their shoulder hurts, I can look back on the last two workouts and say, well, we did this, this, this. I don't know how that would translate, but maybe. But I use another one to, to log hours. And I've used that program, I've been doing this 29 years. I've used that program now for 25 or 26 years. Mm -hmm. I have, uh, I checked it two days ago, I have an 8.7 something percent cancellation rate wow. over that many years. Mm -hmm. And to me, that that means I have 91, yeah. 92 some, how does that math thing that's again? Good. There's Shit. that Duke thing. How yeah, am I doing? Kicking in. Right. Yeah. Uh, percent attendance, that's, I look at that and I go, that's not credit to me, that's credit to them. Mm -hmm. But more importantly, that shows you yeah. what kind of people they were anyway. This is just proof that they were those people. Yeah. Right? It wasn't it wasn't a fluke that right. they became yep. successful in their careers. Yeah. Because look how they executed at the gym. They, they showed up 91 and a half percent of the time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's and, a that's an A, dude. Yeah, it's an A. And some of the highest identity, most busy people on the planet, right? And, and pulled, and this is what people say, well, if I had a trainer, I no, mm -hmm. you wouldn't. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't. It's mm -hmm. not about having the trainer. It's about having the ability to commit and to compartmentalize and to say, I'm doing this for that time. Yeah. Because they are pulled in so many different directions. Mm -hmm. It's not like, you know, Chloe just gets a jeans line. Right. Right. It's I, not like Dwayne Johnson just gets a TV show. Right. Those are meetings and ideas yeah. and um, brainstorming sessions and texts and those things take on, mm. that's just, it's another, it's another time yeah. channel, right? Yeah. They clearly keep coming back to you, though, and I'm curious, from a business perspective. I've heard you say this before because you're a trainer, but you approach the business. I just I thought this was awesome because it's it's uh, true of almost any business we would describe. What business are you really in? So you're a trainer, but you what business would you say you're in above all? I'm great at connecting people. Hmm. I can't monetize it for shit. <laughs> I, I, I wish there were a way to say, let me yeah. introduce you. Yeah. Oh, you need a contractor? Well, yeah. oh, you're looking for a car? Oh, yeah. your wife needs a new OBGYN? Right. Oh, you want, I can connect to yes. so many things that have nothing to, and, and mm. you know, we all, in our trade, we develop certain go-to lines. And I always say, I can't get you into any restaurants or clubs, but anything in health, wellness, medical, mm. I got you. Yeah. I know the top shoulder surgeon i know yeah. the top knee surgeon i know the top nutritionist the top mm. dentist dentist i got dentist i got orthodontist and then i have That's just amazing. yeah so but it's being years where i am yeah. and i can also call them on their cell and connect you like that yeah right yeah but i'll tell you clubs i don't even know what clubs right. are hot now yeah, restaurants i, like I got yeah. a couple go-to restaurants yeah. but it's nothing that you'd probably want right. to go to right um and, I, and, I, and it makes me happy. Yep. Nothing makes me happier than someone, I had a call two weeks, uh, yeah, a couple weeks ago, somebody said, I chipped my tooth, mm. what can I do? And mm. it was a Friday afternoon, I go, stand by. Boom. Yep, and they were in the chair within two hours, mm. getting the video, and I thought, yeah, yeah, that's what I can do. Because you approach it like a, I've never heard this before. You approach it, this is such a lesson, because a lot of trainers watch this, how cool. do I grow my practice, right? 
before, but, but th that goes both ways. Hmm. If that dentist gets someone who's point. lying there going, you know, I feel so fat when I lie in yeah. this chair, it makes me really see my stomach. Well, I mean, the analogy I would use is a restaurant analogy, right? It's you pull in, you pull into the gym, you pull up to a restaurant. Is there a place to park? And I goof about parking, but in LA, parking is yeah, a very real is thing. Um, is that difficult? How much of a headache was that? Hmm getting into the place. You walk in, is there someone who stops you, greets you, do they remember you? Is there a rhythm and a flow to, to what you do when you get there? Or is it a whole check-in, who are you again? Mm. I mean, little things like that can, can slow the roll and it, it's a lot less fun overall. And the next time the person has to go to that, they go, uh, I'm not going. And then to me, then your cancellation rate goes up. Even if you're charging for cancellations over time, that goes away too. Yeah. You won't go back to the same restaurant if, forget the food, the food I take for granted. If the whole experience that, that preceded the meal was a pain in the ass. Bro, that's, I had one of those last night. The food was great. The experience was crap. We'll and never the experience go back. can be bad on either end. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Usually we tend to, f selective amnesia, we tend to forget what happened in the middle if the food was good, right? Mm -hmm. But if you ask for the bill and it's 20 minutes. You Puts you in a bad mood on the yeah. way out. You get to valet, 20 minutes, and valet is a real thing in LA. Every restaurant is valet, or a right. lot of them, right? It, that put that kills the whole vibe. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or the, the waiter just disappears, and you can't even ask us. You're like, we've been here 15 minutes. You, you, you were at my dinner last night. All of, all of those <laughs> things. Happen. No, but I think as you're an entrepreneur, if you if you are one watching this. How conscious are you from the entire experience the client has with you? Are you in the service from the minute they got there? Cold water, room temp. Hmm. Some of my clients like cold, some like room temp. Hmm. We have water and towels out for every person. That's a service. Hmm. Well, I don't provide that. Well, you should. Hmm. And if you don't, we can't afford that. But raise your rates. Hmm. If, I, if I ran a hotel, the mini bar would be free. Now, the room would cost a lot more, but the mini bar would be free all the time. Yes, you're going to get a couple of jerk-offs who mm -hmm. empty the mini bar right. out as they leave. Okay, fine. But you're also going to get people who don't touch it. Yeah. And you need to find that sweet spot in your price point mm. to make that work for you. Mm. Because nobody at the higher end of any service wants to be nickel and dime. Mm. I 100% I believe that. And I think you entrepreneurs listen to this. I don't care what you do. I don't care if you have a bakery, a dry cleaners, or you're a software engineer. All of these things are so important as an entrepreneur. See, these are the things like, and I mean this with respect, you know this, it's not just the zip code. Because for someone, to, they have to want to come back. They have to want to keep coming back. It's, That's their, why it's their disposable income, watch this. Yeah. It's their disposable income, their limited free time for something that is arguably painful. <laughs> how, are you, how, how are you making that, hey, want right. to come back? Right. Right. You have to make it as fun or as positive as it can be. There should be so many, and in fact, only positive associations with their experience with you that when training comes up, when cold water comes up, or room temp water, or your name comes up, there's a positive association that happens. Mm. That is the best PR machine you could ever create. Mm. You are saying earlier, we were talking, I hope you don't mind me saying this, but you don't, you're very well known that you don't have a publicist. And I've I think, never had a publicist. And I think the reason you're so well known is what you just described. When your name comes up, there's a positive association and your, your clients are raving fans about you. What's it like then, now I'm being trained by you, okay? And I think trainer is like an odd, it's a partner, but it's also a leader. And so I think there's some principles in being a trainer that also transcend other businesses. My sense of you is people that be, are trained by you um, this is really a unique balance. They got to be accountable to you to an extent because you're being trained by them, correct me if I'm wrong, yet you make them comfortable in your presence and they enjoy your presence. Accountable, and what do you mean, they, in what way accountable? Well, um, we're going to we're gonna, we're gonna do squats now, or we're going to do this, and so they're, they're with you in their presence. We're going to do six of these or eight of these or 12 of these. Yeah. There's, a, there's a relationship between what you've asked them to do and them doing it. I think they're yeah, accountable. And I get this question, I go, yeah. oh, you're going to make me do that? I go, I'm not going to make you do anything. Mm. We can, no, we can do whatever you want. Do you want to do something else? What do you want to do? Let's just do what you want to do. And then they go, oh my God, it's so hard. I go, do you just want to do the easy stuff? And anybody who's worked with me will go, oh my God, that's exactly what he says. I go, do you just want to do the easy stuff? We can do that. What do you want to do? Mm. Or should, we want to, should, we, should we fuck it? Let's just go get breakfast. You want to do that? <laughs> we can do that. You want to do that? I just have to be back at nine because I have somebody. You let me know. And then they look at you and they realize they brought me in to this equation to, to map out, right, to steer clear of any of the, 
the landmines in mm. the fitness world, and now they're going to counter it? Mm. I mean, we can, but... Yeah. Right? So you do. So you check them. You check them. You get them to set their own standard. But do in you a use... fun way. I don't admonish. Yeah. The stuff you see on TV, yelling at people, right. degrading, doesn't work in a gym. It doesn't work outside of a gym. I used to be a business guy like that when I was young. People ask me all the time what were mistakes I made like as a young businessman. I, I, uh, I didn't treat people like they should be treated periodically. I learned that as I got a little bit older. And so I'm curious, to get me through a workout, I'm, uh, I'm making it up. Uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an entertainer, doesn't matter which one of them. It's a lot of work there. What do you use to get them through? Do you use levity? Do you use humor? Do you use distraction? Like what do you use? What's a tool you use to help someone get through a tough workout? So I write, uh, I have every workout written for everybody. I write them up the night before when my kids do homework. Yeah. I do my homework and I print them out and and I start with this is a template it's not a bible hmm. right so template. you have that trainer who goes that's open Let's yeah, use we're that. over here you should leave that trainer because okay. that person's done that person's making it up as they go and you should make it up as you go yourself and not hmm. pay that person that's just bad for our business so I map it out so I have a I have a plan um, that's the first tool the second tool I, I, I ease them into it not Meaning we don't do, like there's a formula, right? There's things they can count on, they're rituals, right? They start with Love four, it. five, six, seven minutes on a piece of steady state cardio equipment. Not that I don't believe in dynamic warmups and I'm for all that, but these are people who need to get out of the outside world mm -hmm. and get into what we're doing. It allows them, and, and all the stuff, Good. by the way, is facing the window. So they can look out, blue sky, just think about, okay. And they, all right, bump, I'm in the gym, here we go. And okay. that's, right, so everything outside of the gym is outside, inside the gym is in. And then we get to work and we go through eight, nine, 10, 11 movements, okay. two, three, four times, depending on what the movements were, how many of them were unilateral, and, and we sequence them in a way that takes you up and it like that. Okay. So we create uh, a cardiovascular experience for you your body okay. during doing what would be maybe more traditionally viewed as anaerobic movements, okay. right? So if I sequence push-ups, squats, crunches a certain way, you're going to get a different cardiovascular response than if you did them set after set after mm. set old school training. Mm. So there's that. And the way to work us through all that is levity, callback. Those are little things. You have to remember, you have to listen. Remember the person's spouse's name. Remember the person's kid's name. Remember events in that person's life. You say, well, that's a lot to remember. It's not that much. People are more likely to engage with someone who they feel cares about. I totally agree with you. And I also, it's really interesting that you say that because that transcends just being in the fitness business. Almost every other business, these things matter, particularly my business and the financial business. You, 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 you better know some of those details if you're gonna keep a client long-term because every other dude, every other lady out there is trying to get your client, right? But your job as a trainer is not just to crush people. It's just such a... It's bad for business. Hmm. The person leaves, and I've had I've heard trainers say, "I destroyed that dude. He won't walk tomorrow." And you just think, "What are you thinking?" Hmm. He now, has a negative experience, and somebody in his he's going to get up like ah the next day like that, hmm. and somebody in his inner circle is going to go, "What's the matter?" Yeah. Ah, oh, my trainer just destroyed me, hmm. and they're going to go, "Is that really good for you?" Hmm. Why do you and? They planted the seed that you actually planted. They've watered the seed that you planted. Yeah. Is there an exception to that? If you have a guy who says, I want you to obliterate me every time I come in here, that's my standard. There's an exception. Sure. You, you must train a guy or two like that, For right? For sure. But that's their standard. Yeah, and, yeah. Then, and, and I think some of them don't know what that is, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you can have, we have a puke bucket in our gym and it's yeah. painted pink for obvious reasons. Yeah. Uh, because puke is color pink, please. It's like, you, know, <laughs> you don't want those letters. <laughs> right. Uh, and, and, but you know, it's used, Infrequently, I bet you. Right. I bet you it's been used less than five times in. Okay. Yeah. So just, I'm. I'm gonna ask you a couple things. They, I'm someone watching this, and I get access to Gunnar Peterson for a minute here, and I've not worked out much. I'm not in shape. I want to turn my physical life around a little bit, and I. I get a minute with you. I can't come to your gym. I live in Des Moines, Iowa. What would you tell me about changing my life? Uh, from a physical standpoint, my fitness journey, my health, my wellness, what would you tell me? I'd say you probably need help, meaning okay. don't be shy. A lot of people think, well, it's a gym. I mean, it's obvious. I know how to do it. You probably don't, yeah. right? And, and, and you go farther. The people who have been in gyms for a long time, that doesn't make you a trainer, 
right? It's just, mm -hmm. just because you've, you commuted from New York to DC every week, after five years, you're not a pilot, okay? <laughs> you just, you know, you're not, I'm sorry. I know you're on the plane a lot, mm -hmm. but you're not a pilot. Mm -hmm. And you're in the gym a lot, but you're not a trainer. It's just a different skill set. Doesn't mean everybody can't be a pilot or a trainer, but mm -hmm. you, gotta, you gotta learn it. Mm -hmm. um, but for that person, hire someone, whether it's, and I also think don't try to overhaul your whole life in one go, right? Don't make Monday the day you quit smoking, quit drinking, commit to eight hours of sleep and five workouts a week with a trainer and you're gonna go vegan. It's just, it's a, it's a lot. It's like, <laughs> so true. it's something, start slowly, add on. Uh, I go back and forth with my good friend and nutritionist, Dr. Philip Golio, and he's like, diet's 80% of it. I go, diet's not 80% of it. Mm. When you're 100% when you're away from the goal, anything, that you start with is gonna be the biggest part. And then mm. you start adding. Mm. When you get down to within 10% of what your, your, your ultimate you, yeah, diet is probably a bigger, more important, from an aesthetic at least, yeah. and performance too, but it's gonna be a, a bigger part of it. But when you're starting, don't just tell them diet, mm. wherever they're comfortable. I get some people who say, I don't even wanna look at my diet right now. Yeah. I just wanna start working out. I go, okay, yeah. and then as they leave, give them two quick diet things that maybe they may or may not, you know, put to use. Okay. If they say, I really want to get my diet under control and then I'd like to come to you, okay, great. Yeah. You should call this guy. Hmm. Don't just pull it out of a magazine. If you're not doing something that looks at your blood, I mean, can you have results? Sure. If you blindfold a monkey and have it throw a dart, can it hit the bullseye? Eh, sure. Hmm. Not likely, but it could, it could. Mm -hmm. So use a professional. Mm -hmm. Right. If you're looking to get better at a sport, hire a tennis coach, hire a soccer coach for your kid, whatever it is, and then that's what that person should do. Yeah, I, I have a book that I'm going to be coming out with pretty soon. One, one little chapter on it's fitness, max out your fitness. First thing I recommend is hire a trainer. Yeah. And then the second thing I say, ironically, is it's interesting that you said that. Start with something that is maintainable from the very beginning. I have a quote written in my window. My wife is putting it on the back of sweatshirts now. It says, if it's not sustainable, it's not successful. I love that. That it's is, not. It's, I love that. Yeah. And, well, can you can you get there? Mm. Yeah, sure. Can you live there? No chance. Roughly speaking, in general, for a non-professional athlete, generally speaking, how long should a workout be within a range? Secretary of Health and Human Services, I think they said between 30 and 90 minutes a day, and people went, 90 minutes, impossible. Okay. Okay. So go with the 30, and maybe okay. Saturday, you're free. Go to 45. Play with it, but let's see. Can you do? You know, um, what was that Jorge Cruz book? Six minutes in the morning, eight yeah. minutes in the morning. Yeah. Six, five, four, three. Yeah. Where are we? Right. But I mean, something is better than nothing. Yeah. Matthew McConaughey says, just break a sweat every day. Yeah. So everybody has their thing, and and a sweat through activity. Like sauna yeah. doesn't count as a workout. Yeah. So sauna doesn't count as a workout. Right. Do you think it's interesting? I, I don't cut you off there, but I I think people ask those questions as a mechanism it's a pushback that's what i think too. it's starting it's that's what i think okay how, okay and they're yeah. keeping you just embrace it whatever it is it is go yeah. do a workout what does that mean that means go to the gym and pick six exercises and do them three times through and then get on a piece of cardio for 30 minutes yes well which ones i don't know right. now you gotta hire a trainer now you hire a trainer or at least just start the process too right exactly but also what are your goals if you get right. someone who's looking to that weighs 400 pounds they're looking to knock off 200 pounds that's different from somebody who's 200 wants to be 180 that's different from a woman who's 110 wants to be 125 or 125 wants to be 110 those are all yeah. weight you know numbers then you go what about a different species of biped who's not mm -hmm. completely you know mastered by the scale yeah ah so oh so you're going to be that guy who doesn't let the inanimate object tell you how good you should feel about mm -hmm. yourself love talking to you love that yeah and let's go then we're going to try this 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 so about the lakers you got to be excited about this love this is cool right love. so I'm, I'm fascinated by the diversity of your training like you know you do have a Chloe or a J-Lo or someone like that, then once in a while I see you, there's a Tommy Brady workout. Or Now it's NBA players though, right? These are the greatest athletes in the world to me. And so, and you're a basketball fan. And so, are you, are you nervous about this? Are you excited about this? And what do you, what exactly are you, you know, gonna so do I, with these I guys? did a whole, all last season was my first year. Okay. Anxious, apprehensive, eager, mm. probably all better words for me. Is it the same with them, Gunner? Like, are each of them? It's funny. Now that you've been talking about this, I'm just curious. So you, they're all different guys too. One guy's seven foot. One guy's six one. So not all of them. I'm and assuming. some of them, and they range in age from 19 to 35. 
Yeah. And they have X amount of experience, and some of them are known only to go to the right side. Some of them work very well to both sides. Some of them don't have the lower extremity strength that they need. Some of them have trouble uh, taking a hit. And you know, basketball, when you grow up, you're taught it's a non-contact sport. Basketball is very much a contact sport, especially at that level. Very physical, a lot of contact. So it's a challenge. Mm. And I look at it like that. It's fun. Yeah, there were days when you drive in and you go, okay, what are we doing today? I mean, yeah. I've mapped it out, yes. but how are we going to get this going today? And I have two great dudes who work with me, Josh Wright and Adi Vase down there, and we put together programming that a lot of the guys, while they're lifting, they're learning to lift because they're not coming from a formal lifting background. Right? What they do on court with our coaching staff is terrific. That stuff's handled. That's not my domain. Mm-hmm. But the weight room is, and you want to make sure that that you're, you're two things. You're keeping them engaged in it, right? Yeah. Because I want this to serve them through their entire careers, because mm. I know it can. And I want them to want to do it. So, so there's a bit of a sell to it. Um, and there's also, is it something that's going to translate directly to their success on the court? Mm. Yeah. Which means it has to be consistent. Mm. Do you work with them in the off season too, or just during the season? Yeah, this off season we split it up where um, we're at the facility still. So yeah. guys who are here, get all of us and then guys who travel will dispatch uh, either one of the guys who works with me or I will go and just be there for a couple days more to see who they're working with and we gave them exit cards you know to say here's what we you know broad stroke stuff Mm -hmm. here's what your focus should be on Mm -hmm. share this with whoever you know you hook up with in the offseason and and all of our phone numbers are there and contacts have the guy text and one of our, our young guys, uh, Evica Zubek, the center of the yeah. Croatian center, right? great kid, great guy, was already in Croatia for a couple of weeks. And I was on with his trainer every three days. What's he doing? How's really? he feeling? Yeah, you got to keep up. It shows him we're interested, and we are. Mm-hmm. And it shows that we, that we have a hand in his development, That's so which cool. you're supposed to do. A lot so- of these guys, they check out, they're gone, and they don't. There's yeah. no contact anymore. Yeah, right. Now, yeah. That's not the kind of Laker culture that we're trying to do. We're there for these guys all the time. All of our cells text us anytime. We're there anytime. And we'll talk to whoever you have in your circle, whether it's a trainer, an encore guy, a nutritionist, whoever it is, they'll connect with the Laker counterpart of that department. That's and, so cool. Yeah. I'm excited for you. They got some cap money. I'm going to be curious who you get yeah. to work with next oh, year. it's going to be big. I think there's going to be some big time dudes coming in there. So a couple more things. I'm really enjoying this, by the way. So there's people watching this. And the reason I ask you it, let me give you context, is people find these messages at different times of their careers, of their lives, right? Like, it's not been 29 perfect years of doing this, right? Has there been a time that was not great and you don't have to say specifically what it was if you don't want to, but you can. And then what did you do to get out of it? So um, I'd had my own gym for a while. And when um, when I got divorced, the gym went away. It was attached to the old house. Mm-hmm. And my manager at the time said, look, I, I was riding high. I had an infomercial that was doing well. I had a book that was killing. Um, and I had speaking gigs, not like your mm-hmm. stuff, but, yeah. you know, smaller. Mm-hmm. Same thing, just miniaturized. And she said, you don't need a new gym. You should just, we, you can do the speaking thing. Mm-hmm. You, and, I, and I said, yeah, yeah, but the gym is the mothership. The mm-hmm. gym is my lab. That's my, it's, it's one of the, that's one of the ways that you almost sound corny say you express yourself, but I can yeah. do things in that gym that can translate to what my clients do and make them better, mm-hmm. give them better workouts, provide better training protocols. I can, I can test things. I can try out equipment. Um, so did I think about it? I mean, wow. sure, you thought about not opening a gym. Oh, no more overhead. Mm-hmm. There go those insurance costs. Yeah. Mm. Then it'd have to be at somebody else's gym. Mm. That's not going to work. So you, you chased your own vision, though, during that time. I had to. Yeah. When you no, get- she wasn't. Nobody was poo-pooing it. No. But, but, but my, but, from a practical side, and I think also my manager probably saw the stress it was taking on me. Yep. I, I went from when I first started doing a lot of in-home people, right, mm-hmm. 29 years ago. And then I was driving along and uh, I started humming the news jingle to an AM radio station. And I had my cooler with like a yam and chicken breast and distilled water. And I was literally going, KFWB. <laughs> and I went, I'm becoming a weirdo. I literally had the thought, I'm weird. I'm humming a news jingle. It's not even a song. I mean, it is a song, no disrespect to jingle writers, but 
I'm that guy now? Yeah. And, and everything I say is true and accurate because shit, I just said it. So there's no, I'm in a vacuum. I gotta, I gotta get out. And I started going to all the gyms around where I lived and say, hey, I'm a trainer, here's my resume, wow. here's what I do, wow. can I train here, can I train here? I, I was on the road, you know, 110 miles a day in LA traffic, it was too much. Mm. So I found a place to lock down and I was there for eight years. And then the guy had a different vision than I did and he, and he said once to me, you're upset because I don't fix this or do this at the time you would like it. If I'm the number three gym in the city, I'm fine with that. Mm. And I thought, Ooh, I'm not. Mm. I'm not. I don't even know what the number gym. Mm. I didn't know we ranked them. I don't know what number one looks like, but I know I'm not cool just taking the bronze. I'm not just gonna take mm. that and say thank you. I love it. And so I left, mm. and I opened my own. And then when that went away, I went back to just five people in their homes. Wow. Right. So I was seeing five all huge stars, but boom, 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 boom. Done at 2:33 o'clock. That kind of thing. Okay. And I thought, I'm doing the same thing I used to. And it was fun, of course. It's like a new, it's like a new chapter. Mm -hmm. And then I thought, I'm doing the same thing I used to do. Mm -hmm. I'm just doing it in a better car. Mm. Is that news station still here? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and I don't want to be that. Mm. And I was at the same time, of course, looking at buildings to open a gym, but it was proving difficult. Mm. You know, costs, parking, everything. And I just, there were times when I thought, wow, I just stick with this. Mm. Infomercial still running, books still selling. I'm good. I love that. But I'm not good. I need a mothership. I need a, I need, plus I got a shit ton of equipment. Yeah. Right? And I don't want to just have it in storage in Gardena somewhere. I mean, I yep. want, I like it. I play on everything I have. I do have a few storage units with equipment in it, but, and eventually when I wrap it all up, wherever I go, I will still have a giant barn with equipment because that's just who I That's am. That's your deal. Yeah. I love it. I, a lot of lessons again, man. I gotta be honest with you. Like I'm eating this up because one, entrepreneurs are super self-aware. You're driving in there, you're like, I'm becoming a weirdo, right? And Fully, and I went that day and immediate started. Immediate action. I had to, but also where I am, where I lived at the time um, on La Cienega in West Hollywood, there were a ton of gyms around, yeah. right? Yeah. So I could, I must have hit four the first day. That's I went wonderful. in, here's my resume, and some of the guys were like, what's this? I've never seen a trainer with a resume. Yep. And, you know, this, that was a long time ago. Yeah. So. That's awesome, because I think also, Gunnar, I think Malcolm X has this quote that I use all the time. By he any says, means necessary. Well, that's, that's. I use that all the time with clients. Okay. By any means necessary. Any means necessary, and that which you do not hate, you will eventually tolerate. And so you got to this point, you're like, I hate this. I have it written in my window, it says, if you tolerate it, they will perpetuate it. It's written in my window Brother, at the gym. I knew I loved you. Yep. I knew it. Isn't that crazy that you, you have can't, that? You can't. You can't allow that. So you have to You have to have certain boundaries. Yeah. Bro, you're bec I'm, I think I love you. <laughs> I'm Honey, telling we're you. moving. <laughs> I'm telling you. All right, one more thing. Man, I'm really impressed. And there's so much more depth. I wish we could go longer. I'm curious though, I kind of get your transition. I, I'm fascinated by people that are the best at what they do, you know, like in whatever it is, it just fascinates me. Do you know what drives you? Do you know what it is? But also I go back, this you're gonna go, oh, humility, full yeah. humility. It's not, the best at what you do. I think that's so subjective because there's so many people out there that love their trainers and, and that's exactly who they should be with. Yeah. It's, if the trainer is in any field though, if the trainer is passionate and detail-oriented, but those are also qualities that I like in, in, in friends, in, in people I'm around, right? Me too. I, you're detail-oriented. You don't have to be, you know, sleeping with the enemy OCD guy, but you got to be. Yeah. There's a rhyme and a reason, and things go a certain way in life, and that's just how that sets. And look, oh, we should change that. Yep. Not just the, not just the aesthetic and the visual, but yep. there's certain things that happen in a certain way, right? Yep. We sit, we do family dinner every night at my house and Always come at our house. Yeah, we work on manners, table manners. Yeah. And that's a lost art. It is. But they got to know because they're going to go out. And, and I've had my middle son text me and say, Dad, I'm so glad I know the manners. Yeah. I know I was at a dinner and so-and-so ate like a pig. And I'm like, yes. you're welcome. Yes. But they, because you're going to go, and maybe not every, maybe everybody at the table has bad manners, maybe, but maybe the one guy Someone who notices. you are trying to get a job from or who you yep. were drawn to watches you eat and goes, my God, this guy's a pirate. I've never had, <laughs> right, it. you know? You so 
little things. So you practice it, and we talk about it. That's practice. Mm. When they're out in the real world, when they're when they're at a restaurant, I don't say a word because that's a game, mm. right? So practice. Watch Phil Jackson's old coaching. He said he used to sit. Yes. He goes, I don't yell during the game. I, he did. He did very little actual coaching yes. on the bench because he said. We've been over this. Yes. I shouldn't have to coach. And he, I think that's brilliant. That is brilliant. He doesn't yeah. have to. Yeah. Not that that doesn't work for some guys and, and some coaches who have younger teams or who yeah. have guys who are still meshing. That's all valid. But yep. when you have a machine that runs a certain way, right, you're not. Isn't it interesting about that? By the way, my favorite compliment is if someone tells me something about my son or my daughter oh, when I'm not there in their presence about yeah. how they behave or their manners yep. or they conduct themselves. I've gotten those emails and I just go, the, the, that's way better than you sending me an email about something I did. 100%. Yeah. I totally agree with that. And the other thing, it's interesting about coaching and what you just said about practice in the game. Arguably the greatest NBA coach of all time is probably Phil. He's in the conversation and arguably the greatest college coach of all time is probably Wooden. And both of those guys behaved almost identically on the sidelines. Did, did you just not even mention Coach K in that? I'm sorry, brother. Wow. I, yeah. oh, that's gonna leave a mark. He's, he's he's on the list, but he's he's not he's not Wooden. It's a super way, short list. It's a short list. <laughs> but we're in Southern Cal, so I gotta acknowledge the UCLA guy. So I'm curious to finish with that though. Do you know what drives you? 10 or 15 great years in front of you right now, right? Longer than that, but 10 or 15 years, like you're in your go zone right now. Do you know what drives you and do you know what you want out of those years? No, you want to be able to provide financially for your family. You want to make sure that you're, you know, you see, what is it, Warren Buffett or Bill Gates, I'm going to leave my kids 10 million bucks. You're like, okay, I mean, that's nothing, that's not, that's not nothing, but right. okay, that's what you want to do. Um, I think as long as they're on the right path and they're doing good things and they're pursuing passions and they're and they're contributing mm -hmm. to the tapestry of the world and not just taking, yeah. then I want them to have a, you work so so they I get up at three forty five. I work so that my kids can get up at four thirty. Now mm -hmm. if they start sleeping till six thirty, mm -hmm. again that's if they have that kind of job, right? Yeah. A front loaded job. Yeah. If they're DJs, then by all means please sleep till noon. Yeah. But you know people <laughs> you get up so early. I don't get up I get up at the right time for a trainer. Yep. You yep, know, yep, I'm yep. also home every night by right, five. Right, Bam, right, home. Right, right. So, and I've gotten my own workout in in that time. In that window. Yeah, so I yeah. don't get home and then go work out. When I'm yep. home, I'm home. And I mean, I have a little bit of work with the writing of the workouts, but that's it. Yeah. Other than that, I'm there for the family. Yep. So, uh, financially, you want to be set. You want to be. Uh, you want to be able to provide for your family, right? You don't yep. want anybody to want for anything, within reason. Um, no, as soon as I still have some things that I'd like to see happen in the world of, of health and fitness. I'd mm. still, I would like the training game to be elevated. I would mm. like trainers to be better. I see it, I think as we go, it's an age of, uh, of specialization. I think more and more people are hiring trainers yeah. now, all right? So the, 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 and I want those people to be able to get what they deserve to get for mm. their disposable income. You're mm. spending money for someone to shepherd you through this mm you know, uh, unsolvable mystery of fitness, whether they do or they don't, at least the journey should be pleasant and they should give you what you deserve. Yeah. So I would like the training game to be raised, right? Mm -hmm. Not that there's not room for all different levels of mm -hmm. trainers, you know, the, the hotel analogy, it, it, it could be a Best Western, it could be a high at a Hilton, it could be a Four Seasons, all are good hotels, all are good business models, all do well, but you kind of know. Yeah. You know what you're getting. Wouldn't you be super surprised if you got the reception from the concierge right. or, the, or the person at the desk at a Best Western that you got at the Four Seasons? Right. But right. I think if you're going to rent a room that they should want to give you that. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that they teach that to their, to their employees. Mm -hmm. I would just want that lesson to be ingrained. Yeah. I think the most fascinating thing about you, man, is that your people that win have big old reasons, right? Everything I ask you comes back to your family. Oh yeah. And I and and I you take for granted. Well, not just my wife and kids. Yep. My brother. I know. And my parents. That's everything. My yep. parents, my brother, my wife, and my four kids. That's, you know, you, you get that question. Oh, you made me start crying yeah. on your little podcast here. I Look gotta go. I'm <laughs> you know, you. If you could have dinner with mm -hmm. anybody over any space of right. time, alive or dead, who would it be? Yeah. I just told you. You just told me. That's yeah. who I'd want to have dinner with. I love that about you. I love that. There's nothing I want to ask Christ. Mm. Mm. I mean, that, uh, nothing I want to talk to Einstein about. There's mm. no. 
lyric uh, of princes that I would want to go into depth. I mean, that's, mm. but if I could have one dinner with anybody I wanted, it would be my parents, my brother, my wife, and my four kids. I love that. And by the way, everybody, I want to tell you something. This is the exact same conversation we had off camera. This isn't for show. This is who this man is. I think it's. I'm not, I, I don't know how to. I'm not an actor. I can't be no, one way. Everything we talked about yeah. off camera. And the other thing, too, it's, I think it's most fascinating that in a guy who's in the center of the world, that's sort of everything, sometimes not that, right? It's sometimes everything away from those things, whether it's material or fame. or. The, by the way, and those things are wonderful, too, that at, in the center of that universe, there's such a deeply seated family man. And that's been the key to his success. And I think that's everything he just said. And I think that's just such a takeaway for everybody watching this today is to have these big reasons. But at the end of the day, these big old houses and watches and all that stuff are completely meaningless without what he's got going on right down there with, with Zane and his beautiful wife. So, and the man. phone call with my brother yesterday yeah. and FaceTiming him and yeah. then talking to my mom and you know, that's you know, my son from college calling me, my other son going to college, my daughter, are you gonna make my field hockey game today? Mm. Those calls, those things gives, all this stuff fuels that fire. I love that brother. I hope that everybody saw this side of you today then they didn't know all of these things about you. Cause- Instead of thinking I was just a sarcastic asshole? Well, yeah, no, no, I, I think it's amazing that, I think it's amazing the breadth of what we went through, but the part that probably is the most meaningful to me is just to know who you are and to know what's really made you successful. And I really, I really do respect you. I really do I admire you. It. And you, that's why I wouldn't, I wouldn't have come down here if I didn't feel the same way. Thank so you, man. mutual admiration society. Thanks brother, so much. Thank Thanks Gunnar. Hey everybody, I hope you enjoyed today's program. I bring you some of the best people in the world, even the ones who won't admit they're the best people in the world at what they do. All I ask you to do, if you're watching this on YouTube, give the thing a like or make a comment. If you're on iTunes, give it a review. And don't forget, everybody, the two-minute drill on Instagram. Every day when I make a post, you got two minutes to make a comment with hashtag MaxOut. We pick a daily winner, get your book, coaching call with me. Maybe you meet some of my guests as well. So go ahead and take advantage of that. God bless you and Max out. This is the Ed Milet Show. Compete, lead, and kick ass.